0: Hello, 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 listeners, friends, strangers. No such thing as strangers here, actually, you're all friends. I have, I don't know if you can tell, I have my arms up in the air like I'm actually stretching and just feeling like excited. So hi, uh welcome to Stuck with Taryn Arnold. I'm your host, you guessed it, Taryn Arnold. I could not be more excited for today's episode. Um, It's not only our first interview episode, first of many, but it features one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, soon to be one of yours as well. Um, Today we chat with Doctor Paige Mars. Ooh, fancy! About fear and anxiety and all the weird things that your brain does. I thought this would be a good first uh, interview ep because fear is kind of at the base, the basis, and and kind of like the hidden part of all feelings of being stuck as there's some element of fear and anxiety there. Um, So we will get to that soon. But first, I invite you to get cozy, maybe grab a drink, maybe light a candle. You you can't do any of that if you're driving. Um, But you know, feel chill in your car if that's where you're at. Um, Yeah, get nice and cozy. We have a fun episode. It should feel nice and warm. We're going to get to the interview in a hot sec. But first, let's go through two housekeeping notes housekeeping sounds like not fun because but these are fun so maybe two fun notes um yeah okay here we go one i want to say a huge 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 thanks to all who reviewed and rated this baby on itunes this baby is me and this podcast um i told you last episode that for every itunes review i received i would donate three dollars to a charity that i love which I'm using Make-A-Wish and Special Olympics. It is not too late to get in on this. I'm going to be honoring that for another two episodes, I'd say. So please get to reviewing. It really means the world to me. I check it multiple times a day, to be honest. It sounds geeky, but I do because I'm just like, what's going on? What do people think? Um, Are people reviewing this bad boy? Um, So please do that. Second note is another huge big thank you, all sorts of gratitude, Um, to everyone who did their life wheels last week. So for episode two, I took you through this awesome exercise that helped you uh, learn how to answer the question, how are you? Um, I cannot begin to count the amount of responses I got to that. I mean, that's technically a lie. I guess I could begin to count them, but I don't want to because there are so many. Um, I read them all. That's all. I just don't want to count them, just to be clear. Um, I I was shocked that so many people did it, like actually got a piece of paper out and did it. I'm just shocked at how many people actually got a drink and like sat there and took a picture with the candle and the wine and like the whole bit. Um, It was so cool to see that you actually did it. So thanks. I have a few people that, I mean, a lot of people responded, but a few of you, uh, I picked out your responses and wanted to share them. Alyssa Friend said, so relatable and actually so helpful in reflection. Rachel Friend said, I just finished my life balance wheel and it actually really, really helped me see what is going well in my life and what's holding me back. And Brian Friend called me out for dissing Iowa, not related to the life wheel at all. Uh, He said, you've never, he said, don't diss Iowa. Don't be that girl. You're better than that. And I, you know, maybe, maybe I am better than that. Maybe Iowa is better than that. We don't know. Um, Oh, sorry. My phone is buzzing. Um, okay, and then lastly, today's made Taryn kind of cry comment was from Ramsey Friend. This is what Ramsey Friend said. Ramsey said, I absolutely love the rawness of your podcast. The newest one you did was super neat how you interacted with us. It felt like we were drinking wine and talking about real things, having genuine connection and conversation, and I truly can't wait for more. Ugh, that's the whole hope of this podcast is that it feels like we're sitting and talking and, um... Oh, I also had a friend, Cammie, text me and say the same thing, said it felt like we were just having a conversation and this, it really pumped me up. Um, so yay, fun. Okay. All the gratitude, thank you, means the world to me to see the kind words flowing in and just to know you're sharing the podcast and helping it uh, get off the ground with me. Okay, that's kind of it. Um, I mean, that's it for that stuff. What's, what's about to come is a lot better than that. So get excited. We are going to jump into some fear talk. (laughs) That was the lamest sentence ever, but I promise you this interview is going to be dope. Enjoy. Oh, there we go. That's perfect. Okay. Okay, here's the moment, folks. Today's guest is Dr. Paige Mars. Dr. Paige is the queen. Um, She is the perfect first guest for this podcast because uh, the things she specializes in are Everything that people feel stuck in. She's a relationship coach, a communication coach, a fear coach. Um, She spends her days helping people resolve painful challenges in relationships, career, love, fear, basically all the things. I mean, she's one smart cookie. She holds a doctorate in human and organizational systems and a master's in human development. Um, she has been mentored by and studied alongside leaders in the fields of communication and neurobiology, whatever that is, I'm sure we'll learn. And she coaches her clients in workshops, retreats, or right from her very feng shui home in uh, Los Angeles. So this badass bitch is also my aunt. <laughs> and you can hear her squealing in the back. Um, she is my aunt, which might be the luckiest thing that has ever happened to me, but um, Dr. Page will be a repeat and frequent guest because she's just the queen of getting people unstuck. Realistically, she should be hosting this podcast, but um, you know, we'll just have to lean on her throughout this whole thing as often as possible. So I ask you to join me in giving the biggest, warmest welcome of all time. Make a little whoop by yourself. I want you to kind of jiggle around, pretend like Dr. Page is in your house. Welcome, Dr. Page Mars. Ooh. Oh my God. Terrible what an intro huh what what an intro I'm like, sorry i can't talk what was your favorite part was it the badass bitch
1: yeah i think so all of it though all of it yes
0: yeah has ever be. called me a badass bitch I he's not to my face you you deserve it i'm Thank surprised you. when you like speak at workshops at churches nobody's introing you like that no No, I wish they would. It'd be more interesting. I wish they would, too. How's your day? It's
1: great. My day is great, and I'm so happy to be here. I can't tell you, I've been so excited since
0: you asked me, and I woke up this morning going, oh, God, it's going to be great. I'm so happy. Okay, so you've listened to a podcast or two, it sounds like, of mine so far. Oh, my God. I listened to both. We have two episodes behind us, right? Two episodes behind us. Yes, we do.
1: I love them both. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited about what you're doing. The um, you what can I say a little bit about that? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, I love hearing good things about. So please. (laughs) I have well, there are a couple of things. One is overall, I just feel like what you're doing is important. Um, the world is just a tad troubled right now, (laughs) mildly, and people are scared out of their little gourds, rightfully so. And for you to create a, a, a place, I know you're doing, you know, both on the podcast and on Instagram and whatever other ways you're getting people to be able to connect for you to create a venue where people can be real because you are so real, Taryn. Mm. The way you talk and how honest and um, self-revealing you are creates this space for other people to say, yeah, I feel that way too. And if we can't say, yeah, I feel that way too, you can't move past it.
0: Mm.
1: So that's why I really think you're going to make a great contribution. I love that it's casual. I love that it's Honest, it's real that you're going to have guests on who know things, and I mean, there's just everything about it. I think your timing is perfect. I think you're well trained for Aww. it. You, know, you, everything you've done, I think, has led you to this place, including all the rough stuff you've been through. Yes, which I know a little bit about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I think you. it's just like a perfect a storm of goodness that that you're doing this.
0: Well, that's the end of episode three. Thanks everyone for <laughs> just thank you so much. Uh You're welcome. <laughs> for all listening, I go to Aunt Page with everything. She is my second mom in this life and uh she's my mom's sister, so which is awesome. But um yep. I, you know, all of my everything you've seen on Instagram or in my newsletter or so far in this podcast, all of my quote unquote breakdowns, we'll call it. Um, Aunt Page has been on the other end of those uh, talking me off the ledge in the in the truest way possible just like is my is my rock in these moments because she's just so awesome so um okay before we get into it we're talking all about fear we're talking all about anxiety we're talking all about that stuff today um I think that one cool way to kick this off would be uh when I think about when people are stuck what one of the best things that they can do is and i think that that's practicing gratefulness even if it's for small things mm-hmm. um so i thought we'd kick it off by saying two good things just things that are going good in our lives right now what's what's going good aunt page oh, Well, I'm- dr page <laughs> aunt dr page is that what you just said aunt dr page auntie dr Pagey. oh god that's cute i like that uh, <laughs> <okay>. tear bear <laughs>
1: I love it. Uh, So what's going good right now, Um, aside from the obvious that you and I are having the best time right now, um, I have uh, two things, two big things. One is today is the two-year anniversary of when I got really scary news about my eyes.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: I am... Uh, boy, talk about a fear fest and having to use your skills. Thank God I had developed those skills, but anyway. (laughs) But today is the two year anniversary, and I my eyes are in great shape. I it just I'm so grateful, and I'm grateful for the doctors who helped me, and I'm grateful for the second thing I'm grateful for, which is my beloved husband, your uncle Don, because he was so present for me during such, so many surgeries and procedures and all that, just really scary stuff. And I think that because of him and the way he was with me and the way he's always with me is that I had the room and the safety to go through the fear and to be able to have my body be in a space where I even could be healed by these brilliant doctors who were right there with us the whole way. So, I am grateful both for the my the the success of my eye journey and my eyes doing so well, and because mm-hmm. um, as you know that's a scary thing because my mother your grandmother went blind from the same thing that I have so that I yeah. that I have perfect vision is just nothing short of a miracle. And yeah, that they're healthy, and then of course I always am grateful every day a thousand times a day for the love of my life, your wonderful Uncle Don.
0: He's also the love of my life. I mean, he is like the most joyous, cutest little guy in the whole wide world. So I have to have him on a different episode. We've got to talk about his whole his life. He's got a whole life to talk about. I'm sure he'd love that. I'm sure he would, too. My two things. What are my two things? I would say um, mine are much more materialistic than yours, but it's just what comes to the top of my head. I just got a new iPad Pro we're very excited here at Terran headquarters. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I just, I love to take physical notes. Like I love to write down things, Mm. but I also like to the technology aspect of my life. And so I thought these getting an iPad pro where I could use the the Apple pencil and the whole bit Mm. and like actually write and draw and take notes, but have them digitized would be um, the right move. So I just went ahead and Pulled that trigger yeah. yesterday. Yeah, scary, scary purchase. Mm-hmm. But here we are, alive to tell the tale. Um, <laughs> my second thing that I'm grateful for right now is uh, I'm turning something that's bugging me into a reason to be grateful. Um, I there, of course, the day I choose to record a podcast, there is s- so much construction outside. It is shot. It is if as if they're building a new city, like outside on my street. Um. <laughs> And so I'm choosing to be thankful that my street will be beautifully paved at the end of this, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully the beautification of Hate Street um, will will you know really just blossom out of this moment. I don't think it will, but you know, just trying to find that thankfulness in there. <laughs> okay, Good so Aunt Page, tell me. Thank you. Tell me how you got into all the things that you do. How how did we get here? How did you get here? Good
1: question. I started let Let me start with where I woke up to fear being an issue we should be paying attention to. Perfect. I was um, actually around your age, and um, cause, yeah, I'm not that age anymore. And <laughs> I was, but I do remember it. The um, and I was uh, I, w- I had a a business partner. I had my own business with a business partner, and I was having a lot of trouble at with my money.
0: age. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I don't think I knew yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Well, it didn't go very well, so I wouldn't be telling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tune in. I'll tune in for whatever's next. The um but the but it was so useful to me because um well, a couple reasons. One is it's how I met your Uncle Don, but that's a different story. But what I was going to say here is that so I was having a lot of trouble with the the guy I was um had to it, just call him a business partner for right now. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get some counsel on what to do with him. And the guy I was talking to, who was a transpersonal psychologist, he pointed out to me, he's, I remember him saying, yeah, it sounds like this other guy, your partner, is doing some things that might be a little sketchy and that you're that you have legitimate reason to have trouble with. But most of what you're struggling with is fear. And I said, what? I didn't. It's like, what, what does that have? What? I mean, the guy's being a jerk. What does that me?" Be? And <laughs> so I learned, I learned from that, that uh, I began to see that my own uh, reactive reactions, my own fear reactions to what he was doing, were tainting my perception of what was happening, and greatly uh, distorting my choices about how I handled it. Hmm. So I'm, so I am deeply grateful for this man and the things that he did, meaning the guy who the partner part, I'm grateful yeah. for the advice, but I'm also grateful for the guy who did, who was in some ways I felt was messing with me. Yeah. That cause it launched me into the most important journey of my life. Yeah. so that's where it started.
0: And then the journey, what's what's the journey been so far? You just said, I'm going to master this, and it turned into the rest of your career, basically?
1: Well, it started not as my career. It just started as my personal quest. I was right. realized, much like you have been, that this thing was messing, this thing meaning my fear, <laughs> yeah. was messing with me, and that I needed to understand it. So I did a lot of inner work and a lot of counseling and a lot of um, trying to understand what, I guess, the shorthand that I developed was what was the difference between fear and love? Mm-hmm. When it was, how could I handle things from love, which mean, meaning not romantic love, but meaning open heartedness and a clear mind and, you know, being genuine and real, not being not letting anybody take advantage of me, but still not being scared into withdrawing or scared into attacking and all those things we do. So that was just it just propelled itself because you know fear was everywhere. i was I was reacting with fear with my parents. I was reacting with fear with in work. I was reacting mm-hmm. with fear with friends. I was
0: just like, I was a walking fear fest. <laughs> yeah, you just found out that it was in every aspect of your life. Yeah, yeah,
1: pretty much, except Dang. for my hopes and dreams, of course, I didn't have those, you know, I wanted something else and I was really dedicated to the something else, so I did various things and then pr- got really good at at knowing how to recognize um the presence of fear in myself, very mm-hmm. the big ones and the subtle things and how to move myself back into you know a, a whole person Loving state where my full intelligence is functioning because you know when you're in a fear state you don't have access to your whole <laughs> brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get so which we can talk about. So kind of then cutting because you asked about the you know how this affected my career, right? Yeah, this yeah.
0: Happened.
1: So you'd probably have to fast forward. So I got really good at it personally mm-hmm. and not perfect, but really good at it and. Uh, and I, there was a time when I was, so I was working with, as a matter of fact, your Uncle Don, we had an advertising agency, right? At yeah. Home, based on his background. And I was working in that and I was really good at that too. And it got to the point where he started to um, think in terms of wanting to retire and to not do that anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. But it had
1: been very successful and we were really happy with it. And he asked me, Actually, this was on, I don't know if you know this, but every New Year's Day morning, we go out to some early breakfast to a nice hotel nearby, like on the ocean or something. Mm -hmm. And we sit there and we have this little journal that we only use like once or twice a year. This really pretty red journal with kind of Asian print on it. And we write that, we look back at the, you know, what has where are we and what do we want to create for the next year? It's not goal setting. It's just reflecting together. That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. yeah, It's neat and good practice. I recommend it. And, um, but that one day, uh, and this was, I don't remember the year, but he said, you know, if I, if, and when I want to let go of my part in the business, do you How do you feel about that? Do you want to keep it? Because I was working with clients and we could have shifted, even though he was the the big dude in it, Mm -hmm. as you know, from his background, but we could have kept it going. And without thought, I said, no, I don't. He said, well, then what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to build the part of our work that's more because we were doing that's about helping people because we were doing stuff based on the book he wrote, Mm -hmm. doing some workshops on midlife transition and career transition and I said I that's where my heart really is in in that kind of being able to be helpful to people in in that way and so with that with within three months of that I was back in school because he said well what do you need and I said (laughs) well I feel like I should go back to school I know I know a lot but there's probably more for me to know and besides that I'm I'm like a to get me to change gears, you got to literally pick me up by the scruff of my neck and put me in a different room. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like a puppy that won't. So sending me back to school was just getting my focus changed. And I did that and thus the master's and the doctorate and doing research on fear and how it affects communication and the neurosciences and all that stuff came together. And here I am. And here you are saving lives left. (laughs) That's generous.
0: (laughs) Well, it's true. Uh, Okay. So you basically said, let's, let's change the whole game. We're going to do something different now. And, and talk me through quickly, I guess now, who, who do you help? Who are your clients? What kind of, what kind of uh, workshops and such are you doing?
1: Okay. Well, let's start with the client part. Then my clients fall into two big categories. One is business, uh, people, so executives, um, people who not in big corporations, I kind of shy away from big corporate world. It's not my thing, mm-hmm. but, um, I, people who run small businesses also kind of in that category or adjacent to that category are, uh, business people who are doing mid-career transition stuff, we still do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And when I say we, sometimes I work with clients that are I just work with by myself. Your Uncle Don has clients he works with by himself. And then there's some people we work with together, Got depending it. on various things. So part of it is about career and bit managing communication and relationships in business and mm-hmm. making business choices. Which I will say
0: in future episodes is extremely going to be very useful. It seems like career is a place where many people are stuck.
1: Okay. Okay. Great. Happy to, happy to go into that. Yeah. Then, um, the other part is of course, personal relationships and personal dealing with, uh, put it this way, relation, personal relationships with other people and your personal relationship with yourself,
0: (laughs) The most important ones.
1: (laughs) You know what? Yes. Yes, 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 yeah. Amazing.
0: So So you kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah. And sometimes on the personal side, sometimes it's couples. Sometimes it's one person who's part of a couple. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's single people who are like, oh, I keep making the same mistake over and over again. I don't want
0: to do that. I feel for them. (gasps) Yeah, me too. Yeah. So. That's amazing and and it sounds like at the at the heart of all of this is fear, and that's what kind of what we're we're talking about today. um you have explained fear to me so well throughout my life that it's been really easy to notice it when i when it's mm-hmm. happening, and I think that's kind of the goal for most people is like just flag me when this is a fear thing, you know, so that i <laughs> so that I know it's not coming from a place of truth. Um, so let's go to the history of fear. Why why are we programmed, it feels like we're just programmed to have fear.
1: Yes, we are. Before I answer that thing, I wanna say that the only reason to pay attention to fear so much is that it's because it what it's what blocks our experience of wellness, love, mm. connection, and joy. Mm. So that's the motive the underlying motivation is you know, is that it's, we want to be happy. Yeah. You know, we want to give and get love, right? That's what we want our life to be filled with. And when we are overflowing with love, the world is a very different place.
0: Yeah. And the context is useful because if, if we're just looking for fear, just to say we found it, then you're just living in a life where you're just looking for fear all the time.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, and that could scare you. That would, that would kind of scare the shit out of you too. It
0: <laughs> you does. Keep... <laughs> I, I can report live from that. And yes, it does. <laughs> it does. Okay.
1: So then, so, so then back to your question mm-hmm. of, yeah, it's, uh, it's hardwired. Well, you know, I do this little uh, kind of, I call it my uh, lizard brain 101 tutorial, Yes, <laughs> which is all about fear. So we, we won't have time to do it in depth, but I can do a bridge. Yes. Was that good? That's perfect. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, we all know this now is that we are, um, the oldest part of our brain is I call it the lizard brain. Some people call it the reptilian brain, but the idea that I have a reptile in my head just freaks me out. (laughs) So I like lizard better. Yes. Lizards, cute reptiles. Ah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. That just adds fear.
1: Yeah, it, exactly, and we're and I I'm all about reducing fear, not not amplifying it. So uh, the this this part of our brain is there to from the beginning of evolution to keep us and all creatures from basically getting not dead. Mm-hmm. It's it is designed to keep you physically alive so that you can have a life, and because of this. It's really, 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 really efficient. It's mm-hmm. it's as you know, it's on a hair trigger. It's like it it can be it can take hold of you. The fear reactions take hold of you before you even know what's going on. Yeah, I've had. I remember a, a woman said it so perfectly. The um, one of my clients said, "Oh man, I'm I'm arguing and beating him up before I even know what I'm doing." Yeah. <laughs> And so it was about her husband or her fiance at the time, who's now her husband. Mm. But um, so yeah, we're we're just hardwired for it to keep us physically safe and we need it. And it has some drawbacks and that's that we stumble over the drawbacks. We don't stumble over what it does when it keeps us physically safe. And when, like I had, I don't know if you remember, if I've told you this or you remember it, but when I was, it was so funny, when I was studying um, about the neurobiology of fear. And I was reading these studies and journal articles and stuff where I had to use the dictionary for every fourth word because I I was like, damn, what are they talking about? Um, and around that time we were out in the backyard and, you know, we live in a Canyon Mm -hmm. and we were, um, we were out with some friends and I was near the, between the patio and the, or on the patio between the hillside. And I heard this sound this kind of, I don't know if you can hear that over yes. the microphone. Yeah, down. Yeah. And my first thought was that the sprinklers were about to go on. Right. But I looked down and there's this honking fat coiled rattlesnake <laughs> about five feet maybe from me. Oh my Definitely God. striking range. Yikes. Four feet. Oh my God. It just, and I immediately, I leapt backwards, kind of in a spin over and kind of had to leap over a a patio chair and (laughs) manage not to fall on crack my head or into the pool. Right. And you know how athletic I'm not, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that sentence. And yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. And so, and I could never do that again. So I thought that is so funny. That was my lizard brain protecting me appropriately. So from its cousin, the rattlesnake.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So like in the, in the olden days, it's like, you know, olden, I mean, like when we were all cave people, it's like, that Mm -hmm. was very, very useful because if you heard something from afar or your family was Mm -hmm. about to get ambushed. And so your brain sends you into adrenaline mode and kind of, you know, gets you ready to fight the good fight um, But now, or properly, or to run away or run, well, totally, to run away. yeah. And yeah. then now it, we don't really have those threats, <laughs> but Partially. you know, the physical threats at least. And, 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 but that part of our brain seems to still operate that way. Is that correct? Yeah, it does. And
1: we do still have, yes. And before we go into the, the way it operates that way that kind of backfires on us is just to be clear. It's not just rattlesnakes. It's when you're driving mm-hmm. and you have a just a, that sense that something's about that you pick it up out of the corner of your eye and you swerve just right. Mm-hmm. That's your lizard brain too. Mm-hmm. So we want to love this thing mostly. Right. And we don't want to hate it. You want to appreciate it for what it's worth. So then you go into the part that unfortunately in order to be so fast and good at keeping us physically safe it they it's like it's like an app where they had to leave out a critical detail to keep it fast yeah which is it isn't it is absent of the ability to determine a real threat from an imagined threat right including the thought in your head that something i mean not just some like not a real threat is let's say your your partner comes home from work, let's say you get home first, your yeah. partner comes home, you hear the door slam mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you jump and go, Oh shit, what the hell's going on and it could be that the wind blew the door closed, right right, so there is no threat whatsoever, none, but your body still jumps at it, got it, so the fact that we the, the lizard brain, your fear system is not designed to be discerning and discriminating is what gets us in trouble in relationships. And you can even see it back at the, the rattlesnake image. You can imagine. So I'm really right there where a rattlesnake is coiled and within stri- striking distance. Mm-hmm. And imagine if I had time to be thoughtful and I stood there and went, hmm, what did we learn in fifth grade about rattlesnakes? Are you supposed right. to run, yell, put your arms up? Free. I would have been in, you know, Don would have been dialing 911 by the time I had those thoughts. Totally. So it's very self-protective that it, you know, that it can't do that. But then what we think of as threats now, or we're not even what we think, what we react to as threats are um, our partner doesn't uh, return a text fast enough. If you're dating, you know, somebody- Oh my God, story of
0: my life. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but even in the bad, like, I don't even mean it as like, well, I'm, how do I even say this? You know, that my fear brain is probably the most hypervigilant little brain that has ever existed in human (laughs) existence. Um, it is looking for fears left and right, never takes a break, um, which is useful at times, but as we're talking about now, not always the best use of my energy um but but actually the like calling and texting and like not being able to get a hold of people is uh-huh. oh my god that is like from a young age i know how fearful that has made me like if my parents were coming home late from work and they didn't answer their phones yeah. i would sit by the phone and look at it as if like oh my god i'm gonna have to go to the hospital like my parents are totally gone it was you know oh, and it and it's not a real threat it's in reality it's you know they're not, driving down the freeway they're probably doing the right thing by not touching their phone but in my head i am experiencing something completely completely different because yeah. my brain's just looking for it
1: yeah that kind of sucks doesn't it
0: <laughs> put yeah put said nicely yes it it's unfavorable
1: well that's a uh, that is a perfect example of the the relationship between the neurobiology of fear and the neurobiology of love right because we are as hardwired, actually probably more hardwired for love, connection, empathy, care, kindness, all of those things are very much, it, we were, you know, we've got wiring, for, not, you know, they're not wires, but you know what <laughs> I mean, pathways, um, the nervous system, and but that stuff doesn't have to be as loud or as the word you use, vigilant because it's about the good the goodness of life. It isn't about keeping you from getting, I like that not dead. Yeah, the not dead part has to work first so that you can love, right? because you're here. So the thing, the fundamental thing that makes us most crazy in relationships is when, we experience some kind of a disconnect from somebody we love that we're counting on. Mm-hmm. And that scares us. So when you can't reach mom and dad on the phone, your lizard brain goes, ah, we're in danger. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. When, when what's really going on is, oh, I can't reach my parents by phone. I, I hope they're okay. Right. But you have the automaticity of, the lizard brain to keep you safe. And as you said, the first thing you have to do to be able to intervene with that. So you only go bonkers when you're, when you've got a coiled rattlesnake in front of you. Yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, so you can interrupt it earlier is the first thing you have to do is you have to understand what, what's going on and that it's stopped that you can interrupt it. Yes. Before you learn that you just think you're, you're what you're in trouble right
0: right and you don't and you don't know what's going on like your body like you said earlier your body sometimes reacts faster than your brain is even working so how does i mean can you talk a little bit about how anxiety and fear affects your actual body and your yeah. brain and how you know cuz it feels like sometimes your body just takes on another person it's like no we're going into <laughs> absolutely fucking terrified mode <laughs>
1: You know what it is. It's like it's like your lizard brain goes from this tiny little thing that's sleeping at the you know at the in the back of your head, the top of your brain stem, to uh it's like the Hulk. You yes. Know? It's a like a
0: thousand it, percent. It takes it literally it
1: takes out its lizardy uh Halloween costume and it puts it all over you and it says, Okay, we are one big walking fear system right now
0: yeah and it's almost for people that experience this often like panic attacks or um you know just extreme fear it's like it feels like you are you have been put in the back seat of your own car and oh, you're exactly. just watching this little green lizard drive like a crazy person just like yeah. f- flying down the freeway and you're just along for the ride at that point you're like okay i guess we're absolutely terrified and there, you know my hands yeah. are off the wheel
1: yeah, um, it's exactly what happens, and so the work is to get yourself back in the steering wheel behind the steering wheel, right? And but you let's go back to the body thing because yeah, you please. described all of that. Well, the the fierce most people think about fear as and a more of an emotional reaction. You know, mm-hmm. usually you're you're talking about the body part of it, and the body part's really critical because because if you go back to the ancient stuff and you're fleeing from a predator or I'm jumping away from a rattlesnake is that it has to be a full bodied reaction to get you to go into the various ways that we keep our, our bodies are designed to keep ourselves safe. And the first two options are to, as you know, it's to fight what you perceive as a problem or better run away from it and don't even engage. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. fight flight, as we all know that phrase, That's the first line of defense. And that's where you think of that as those are mobilizing. They make you move. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but when the, so, so the first, the lizard brain says, okay, we have to prepare to fight or flee. So I'm going to sound the alarms and all the stress hormones are going to go flooding to the body. Muscles have to be tensed. Eyes have to be able to be sharp to look for danger. Right. Hearing has to get more acute. Heart has to pump all of that so that you can fight the enemy or flee from the enemy. Right. So that's why it's a full body thing because it has to
0: be. Right. And and for me, and I've, I know other people, uh, like some listeners of mine, have asked about panic attacks specifically, but um, mm-hmm. it sometimes you don't even know what's going on. Like your body decides it's time to be anxious. It's time to turn on the adrenaline and the fight or flight. And your body your mind is trying to follow whatever is happening. (laughs) It's almost like it happens faster. What is like, is there a reason like neurologically that sometimes your body goes faster than your mind? Yes.
1: The, the, again, to keep you safe, the entire, um, lizard brain system functions on neuro pathways that are the quickest things you've got going in your body. Right. So imagine that your lizard brain communicates to your whole body on the fastest internet access available to the richest, most powerful people in the universe. Right. That's your lizard brain has that your, the other parts of your brain, your executive function, your prefrontal cortex, the parts of you that can sit back and say, wow, those were sprinklers not a rattlesnake yeah. if they were if they happened to be right but they weren't in this case or the part of you that can say no of course mom and dad are being safe they're doing that that part of you communicates on dial up right so it there's an asynchronous relationship by design between those two so that's why it you your mind your sane your sane mind can't talk your can't talk you down quickly, because you have all those hormones flooded in your body and they just take time to resolve.
0: Oh man. I, one of the things, so I've been seeing a new therapist, you know, this, I've also talked about this on my podcast. Um, one of the things that I'm working on with her and, and have worked on over time with you is, is being able to I I try to talk my fear out with logic, which isn't always useful. Um, mm-hmm. and it's because obviously your brain is like Hulk status and it's freaking out. And it's like talking to a wall, but a, a way she put it that I thought was really interesting is she said, it's like talking when, when you are trying to talk uh, logically to your fear brain, when it's like having a fear situation, it's like talking to a belligerent drunk person Where, you know, no matter what you say, it is going – it will not reason with you. Like you can be totally chill and be like, hey, you're really drunk and you're walking like crazy and you're kind of hurting people and you're, you know, you're you're taking your pants off now. Like you – talking to it like that will only – not only will it not do anything, but it will make it worse. Like if a drunk yeah. person hears you doing that, they're like, oh, I'm pushing your buttons. Great. I'm going to push them harder. And like, yeah. that's almost when you're trying to use logic in the worst of the worst of your fear. It's like, it's like talking to a drunk person. There's just no, yeah. it's not the I right way. It. It. Yeah. yeah, it
1: exactly. Well, and another piece of that, I I love that. And I think it's a really good thing to remember and the other, it's like because you have to remember the drunk person just has to get on drunk. It, right, he he or she needs time to let their body process. Like we all need time to let the hormones subside from our system. But the I think part of what the biggest there is a some amount of talking to yourself about it that oh, actually is. does deescalate. Yeah, doing it and part, but you got to watch how you're doing the talking too because if the talking is sounds like this, why are you doing that? There's nothing wrong. What the hell's wrong with you? What are you doing to me? you goddamn freaking out lizard brain. Right. Then, then you're, then you've got two, it's like you got two lizard brains fighting. <laughs> yeah. Attack but of the lizards. No, exactly. And they're both inside your head. It's like, Oh man, that's ugly. Yeah. Thanks, that's why we talk about lizards though. Cause it's kind of still cute sounding. Right. But, um, but then, if instead that voice in you says, "Oh, okay, I get it. I'm having a fear attack. My lizard brain is awake. I need to hug myself. Mm. I need to get a you know a glass of. I need to get a cup of chamomile tea. Mm. Um, it's like, or I, if you if you come to your fear with, if you can manage a voice of compassion and patience, yeah." then you're not going to exacerbate the issue. And but and this is where also part of the learning and part of what you've been learning is you learn not to yell back at it. You learn that you might go take a hot bath right. and just let it be. Like let let the thing get undrunk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's a bit of like an art and a science because some mm-hmm. like it's it seems like different situations call for different like responses to your own fear. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know how to, hmm, how do I word this? I, I feel like sometimes for me, I do have to say, Hey, Taryn, you know, you're kind of being a little fearful. Maybe you're feeling jealous because that's a really strong neural pathway. You're used to looking for reasons to be jealous or whatever. Um, let's mm-hmm. be realistic and say, Hey, you know this isn't a big deal. I'm not gonna give it a lot of attention, but then mm-hmm. there are other times when like my body is really, really responding that logic doesn't work, and I need to um like you said, get a glass of tea take a bath, and let my body calm down. Mm-hmm. um how do you decide which when to treat your body with which antidote
1: that's a really that's a really good question. Let me ask you this is when you think of the examples that you were just talking about, yeah, is it? is the one that requires the bath, is it a different content? Like Hmm. would, what was your example again, your example about the, where you can just kind of talk yourself out of it? Oh, jealousy. Yeah, that's
0: like more if I'm feeling, uh, uh, what's, it's like if I'm feeling emotionally anxious, if I'm feeling something that's like, like feeling jealousy or feeling some sort of fear that's based in like, you know, insecurity or that kind of stuff.
1: Right. Right. Versus I can't get hold of the family. What the hell, what happened to something deeper? Okay. So, uh, if the, I'm guessing that the things like jealousy or I'm stuck in my career, those kinds of things, I'm guessing those never make you as crazy as the one where you're afraid your parents are in trouble. Yes. that right? That's correct. Okay. So, part of how you decide what to do is what the content of it is, right, and how it feels. and you and you're absolutely right that it's an art and a science, and the the value of learning a little bit about the science, about the field that you know I studied for four years in programs with um, Dr. Dan Siegel, and he coined the phrase, Um, interpersonal neurobiology, but Mm -hmm. so you've got interpersonal between you and me and then neurobiology in our bodies. So part of the reason to learn just a little bit, some core things about the science of it is that it brings a level of understanding and intelligence that helps us contain the more, um, the artful side of it but then yeah. it isn't art because we're all not only are we different from one another who who you are today is different than who you are, were 5 years ago who i was 2 years ago you know yeah yeah it's, it's, so you, so you have to become artful at it but the core is always the same the core goal is i want to recognize when I'm having a fear reaction, yeah, and I want to be able to not make it go away completely. I know it feels like crap, and you want to make <laughs> it go away and be less, but you're not going to get rid of those reactions because you can't. They're because you they keep you alive, right? But, but the an appropriate goal though is to say I want to be able to recognize them early, and I want to be able to neutralize their effect on my choices, right. Because the real harm is when you make a choice from fear, it perpetuates fear and you end up with crap happening, which is what that guy who originally turned me on to fear was saying. You're making your choices from fear. That's why the relationship is so bad.
0: Yeah. yeah. Duh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I didn't know. It's like, what are you
0: talking about? Fear? was that have to do with anything? Yeah. So that was going to actually be my next question, which is, um, you know, for, well, let's, let's do two things, but for, for, First, let's start with when people don't know what when people don't know that fear is driving, um, mm-hmm. which you know, when people feel stuck in their career or they feel stuck with finances or in their relationships, I feel like that's the case a lot of times. Like there is this yeah. underlying current where people don't understand that they're being driven or pushed or swayed by fear. Um, the other fear we've talked about so far is kind of like, there is a threat. Oh my God, there's a perceived threat. I'm freaking out. I'm going to pee in my pants. Like that's, that's one side. And we can talk about what to do in those moments, but what do you recommend for people who haven't, maybe they don't have the knowledge to, or they just don't know that there is like some underlying, um, wave of fear that's kind of driving them.
1: So what do I recommend for those
0: people? Yeah. Like how do you even start to like, I imagine some people listening might go, oh, maybe I'm feeling stuck in this area of my life because there's some, like, deep fear belief happening. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. how do you even start to uncover that and work through it? Gotcha.
1: So one, the whole, all, at the core of all of this, let's call it the the road to self-mastery.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's a long yeah. long long road. Yes, <laughs> lifetime or lifetimes depending on how you think about it. <laughs> but it's about the journey everybody. Don't give up. It's about the journey. <laughs> it's a it's a great
1: journey though. It really yeah. is. And I'll tell you what this what we're talking about here, Taryn, is the thing that makes life so much better. It's just because it, there's nothing you can't handle if you know what to do with fear. Yeah. So I think the the thing that I would recommend, aside from listening to this your podcast, because I think this is your topic, love that, is um, the is to think in terms of first and first thinking, first knowledge, because that's where we are right now. We're in our cognitive function. You know, you and I are having a conversation from our whole selves, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's where your listeners are. And to know this is who you are. This person who is curious, open, loving, and able to take in information and assess it and see what's relevant for me, what's not, that's who you are. Mm -hmm. The other part is your lizard brain doing its Hulk thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think the thing is to think in terms of that you have the ability to intervene with this system taking you into places you don't want to go Yeah, that aren't happy. So that's why I found that educating people on the neurobiology of fear and the neurobiology of love and what that, how that shows up in communication and conversations
0: mm-hmm.
1: is a key self-intervention for people because it, quite frankly, it took me probably two decades to learn what I now can help people learn in a month. Right. Because of the shortcut of understanding of looking at the the neurobiology of all of this stuff, and I think part of the benefit of that is you you can tell me, but what I hear a lot is
0: people say, "Oh my god, now I know I'm not nuts." That that for me has been the biggest like kind of the biggest revelation in my life. I've, you know, me, I've had fear since I was a kid. You've worked through it probably my entire Mm -hmm. life with me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think what made the fear worse for so long was just thinking that I was the only one or that the way that my brain worked was flawed. Um, and that's why I used to think it was all art, like, Oh, it's just, This is the way that life is, and I have to like figure out how to be chill like all the other people in the world, which is just so stupid. Um, But then when science came into play, like learning about neurobiology and learning about neural pathways and how your brain has is hardwired for certain things, but can be softwired, I guess, for others. um, Well, rewired, rewired. Yeah, I was. I it was mind blowing. I all of a sudden was like, oh my gosh, I can change. Like things can get better. And then it made me fall in love with the science of it. Um, Because it was just kind of beautiful to know that your brain is like a muscle, like any other muscle in your body.
1: Exactly. And not only that, that this particular part of your brain that is so troublesome is your best friend in many ways. Yeah, It's your protector, it's your guard, it's, it's there on duty. The problem is it's more vigilant than it needs to be. And it gets confused. It can't tell the difference between a coiled rattlesnake and somebody's cranky voice yep. who's just having a little, you know, they're just too hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it can't tell the difference
0: between a rattlesnake and a hangry. <laughs> it's, yeah. And I, so we've got a lot so, of um, listener questions. Hello. Hello. This is Taryn of the past future. It doesn't really matter in podcasting, I guess. This is me omnipresent Taryn checking in. How did you like part one? I hope you loved it. If you did, please check out part two. Um, it, I, re- I specifically remember the end of this conversation turned up. It was kind of mind blowing. And we also summarize all the things that we talk about. So I will post part two now, um, which if this is Terran of the Past, then it's already posted. And I hope you enjoy it and listen. So I'll see you over there.